at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and this is Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, June 7, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today to help you with your investments, to help you become a better investor. And I think I can do that. I want to do that, and I think you will benefit from this call-in show. So I've been doing it for, what, 20-plus years, 23 years or so, and I've been investing since I was 21 and, you know, that was, what, 49 years ago or so? So, I think I can help you. And, of course, I'm going to blend today's comments with what you, the listener, provide in the way of questions and topic selection. You drive the show. You set the table. What do you want to talk about? You know, as long as it's financial, we'll discuss it. And, of course, most of the calls are about individual stocks, and we will talk about those as well. There's no hidden agenda here on Invest Talk, and we work very hard to provide unbiased guidance with our goal of enabling you to move forward on a path of successful investing. And Justin and I encourage you to ignore your emotions, retain, uh, retain your perspective. Don't let fear and greed drive your decisions. Don't do that. Okay, so we can do that today. We do that by you calling and asking questions. And the number is always the same here on Invest Talk. The phone line is never closed. 888 99CHART is the number. 888 992 4278. Now, my focus point today will be the SEC Chair Gensler says we don't need more digital currencies. We'll discuss that. He's the Securities and Change Commission, which, you know, he's with the Securities and Change Commission. And as I told you yesterday and a couple days before, they've been suing and causing a great deal of problems for various, uh, you know, uh, crypto exchanges and brokerage firms because they're saying they're not following the rules. And they're saying the rules are, these are exchanges, these are brokerage firms, and you've got to follow the rules of like any other of exchanges and brokerage firms. And they're saying they're not, and that's why they filed suit against them. Time permitting, we'll also talk about the global economic headwinds. I've been hinting that, uh, well, stating that the U.S. and uh, international economic uh, uh, environment we're in is having struggles. So we're going to talk a little bit more detail here today. Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab says U.S. is in a cardboard box recession. What does that mean? And talk about that. And what happens in a recession? It's my third topic. So it's all about economics and uh, economic 
uh, headwinds and whether or not we're going to go into recession. What does a recession look like? When, how do you define them? You, we know that the government and most uh, most economists say that a recession is two quarters in a row of shrinkage GDP growth or shrink, shrinkage GDP, not growth, but shrinkage GDP. But what really what is what happens in a recession besides shrinkage? You can that's a very broad based definition, but maybe we can get a little bit more specific for you. That's what we're going to discuss today. Of course, you drive the show, and this of course is up to you. So I also have some voice bank questions to play: uh, Texas Instrument question and open door technology question. So hopefully we can get to those. So we got a lot of plans, a lot of things to talk about, as we do every day. And, of course, I want to take your live calls. That's prime, the primary driver. So how did the market do today? Well, it was mixed. The Dow was up 92. The Nasdaq was down 172. And the S&P down, was down 16. So broadly speaking, the market was down today. Down. Okay, so let's go to our first uh, voice bank question, and here it is that came in earlier. Hi, this is Duncan from New York. Uh, I got a quick question about treasury bills. So I know that the old website is kind of confusing, and I think I asked you this question a long time ago, but uh, after listening to a couple of investing podcasts, there was this one ETF that is kind of like a easier way to invest in treasury bills, T-Bill, T-B-I-L, it's a three-month treasury bill, and I just had a little bit of the information in front of me. It has an expense ratio of like 0.15%, but the 30-day yield is about like 4.92% or 5.5%. So I'm just looking for something you know that's guaranteed the safest investment rather than going to the U.S. Treasury website. Wouldn't this be easier for, for someone like me that's kind of like new into investing? And can you just like kind of explain a little bit more about how interest rates can have an effect on this? I know this is short term, but let's say the, the Fed starts pausing, right, their interest rate hikes. This should have the same rate of return, 5.5% or so. So looking for any information about this and uh, looking forward to the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, well, I have a yield of 3%. Uh, uh, going forward, it, it could be higher than that, especially if the Fed keeps raising rates. This is TBIL, this is simple, U.S. Treasury three-month bill. It's an ETF, exchange-traded fund, seeking the investment results corresponding to the Bank of America three-month Treasury bill index. So, it's fairly new. It's not, it's not been around. It came out in September or so of 2022, somewhere around there. And, you know, you buy this because of the yield, okay? And it does go up and down in value. Don't think it won't. It will, you know. I mean, it has. So it's been as high as, what, $50.09, and today it's at forty nine ninety three. So there's not a lot of movement, right? It's been as low as uh, forty nine eighty two. So you can see it doesn't move very much. But it does move, and it will be moving based on what interest rates do. But it, it because it's a three-month Treasury ETF, it won't have a lot of volatility. Will not. Because that's what you're looking for, not a lot of volatility. You don't want it to be very volatile. So um, it's been very steady. 
Uh, if interest rates start to pause or go down, this should move up to the higher range and move up. Because, But because it's a short-term three-month treasury bill, it won't be a lot. Uh, I use instead, um, I use a, three, uh, a short-term treasury money market fund for my money. Uh, but yes, you can invest in this. And you're, you're paying, the, you know, it's an ETF, so there's a cost. And you pointed it out. But no, there's nothing wrong with using it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with using it, really. So, you know, just you can use it in lieu of cash and get a better return. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on InvestTalk Voice Bank. Or if you're listening to us live via live our stream, investtalk.com, and go there. Or AM1220. The radio in San Francisco Bay Area, you can call right now. We're live, 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. Here. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 CHART. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, I hope you guys are well. This is Kyle from New York. I just had a question in regards to open-door technologies. I was researching it. It seems to be pretty good on the balance sheet, about $1.1 billion in cash, not so much as far as current liabilities. You know, they, they haven't made any money up until last year of March 2022, which is about $28 million. I'm thinking for like a long-term play where, you know, hopefully when the interest rates start falling, the value of the stock may be going up. I just have some concerns about that. For one, they had mentioned before that they don't see that the outlook is pretty good. In addition to that, you know, they, they haven't, again, they haven't made any money up until the March of 2022. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is Open Door Technologies, symbol O-P-E-N, open, provides digital platform for customers to buy and sell their homes through online across uh, 53 markets in the United States. And, of course, you know I do not like companies that do not make money. This company has never made money. It's not going to make money this year. It's going to lose $1.36 per share. Next year, it's estimated to lose $0.49 a share. It's a $2.33 stock. The stock was high as $39 in 2021. And that year, it lost $0.20. Cents. The next year, it lost $0.92. Cents, and then 
this year they're going to lose a dollar thirty six. So I, I don't buy companies. I don't recommend companies. I don't want you to buy companies that don't make money. What's why is it so hard for people to buy companies that make money? Their, their cash flow is negative seventy six cents a share. They have lots of debt. Management, management owns eleven percent of the company, and mutual funds own thirty. But they've sold. They went from three hundred fifty two mutual funds a year ago to two hundred sixty seven now. Uh, that kind of reminds me of the dot com era. Everybody thinks everything can be sold online or bought online, and you know, yeah. Well, but if you're losing money, why why are you bothering with it? Especially if you lost money. Remember, what do they do? They 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 buy and sell homes on their online digital platform, and we've just gone through a really good period where they should be making tons of money and they didn't right now housing is still doing very well and they're still not making money this stock got as low as a dollar a dollar or less than a dollar and now it's at two dollars and 33 cents uh you know uh, stay away from it no need to take a risk take a risk like this on this company my focus point looks at the sec chair ginsler says we don't need more digital currency the Securities and Exchange Commission has filed lawsuits against Coinbase, alleging the company's acting as both an unregistered broker and an exchange. So what's going on here? You know, cryptocurrency, I've warned, 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 warned everybody, be very careful about cryptocurrency. I see no reason to even get near it. They don't make money. There's, there's. I just don't care for the whole area. Is it here to stay? Probably. But you and I are not sophisticated enough to, to play these markets. I mean, here you have, what, Coinbase, what did they do? Didn't they, are they the one that, uh, no, it's Beyonce, the day before Beyonce alleged the world's largest crypto exchange was commingling billions of dollars in user funds and funneling them to a European company controlled by the founder, Chengping Zhao. Okay. The, they're 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 acting as an exchange at the same time they're 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 acting as a broker. That is a conflict of interest. You know, so you got to really be careful what you're doing. Everybody's in love because with this cryptocurrency because it moves up so much and goes down so fast. Well, yeah, but it's also total. It's like the wild wild west. In investing, and there's you know the rules are very difficult here, and what SEC can step in and say, hey, you do this or that, or you close down, and here you are stuck. You, the investor, don't get around these things. You don't need them. You don't need them. Okay, we're heading to break. I welcome your financial investment questions now. No questions are too simple or too complex. Everybody, you set the agenda. So you can call right now. Call Invest Talk 888-99 chart. Now each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888 Ninety-nine chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bill and Hayward. Hi, Bill. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. 
Thank you. A question for you. I'm holding some shares of uh, Deer in my uh, brokerage account uh, that I've had for about a year and a half, and it's pretty much uh, stocks trading now, or it did a year and a half ago. I just wanted to get your take on what you think about holding this stock uh, going forward for a long term. Deer, symbol is DE, everybody. Manufacturers in tractors, combine, cotton, sugarcane investors, sprayers, mowers, backhoes, loaders, $112 billion company, so it's huge. It's going to make $31.97 a share this year. That's up 37% from last year. And then next year, it's going to be up another 1%. So it's a forward PE of about 11. And the five-year range is 11 to 36 so it's at the very low of its range because of its earnings. Uh, return equity is 37%, which is very good. Uh, they do have some debt, but that's very easily handled. And their sales growth is going to be, it was 30%. Their sales growth was 30% in the April, April quarter. Before that was 32 in January. Before that was 37 in October. I, I don't know. I, I, it, it is undervalued. I wish it paid a better dividend at 1.3%. It should be in, you know, $111 billion, $12 billion, $112 billion company, but it doesn't. I, I would not, I would leave it in my portfolio. It's at, it's, it's cheap now, even though it's traded sideways, going sideways, but earnings keep rolling in and keep growing. So it's just behind and eventually, eventually the price will reflect the earnings. It's just how long will it take? And are we going to go into recession? And there's lots of doubt about how, if we do go into recession, is it going to be light? And is interest rates going to go down instead of up in the next year? Probably so. And that would be very beneficial for a company like Deer. So I, I would hold on to it. I'd leave it in my portfolio if I were you, Bill. I wouldn't get rid of it. Deer is a very strong company. As long as it's not too big of a portion of your portfolio, you're fine holding on. Okay. Good luck with it. I hope it works. Thank you for the call. Global economic headwinds, interest hike in Canada was a problem. It was a kind of a surprise. A drop in the Chinese exports. exports. And there's a headwinds flagged by the Paris Board of Organization for Economic Cooperation, the OECD. Did you see how much that China exports fell? Year over year, 7.5%. They expected it to fall less than 1%, but it fell 7.5%, China's exports. That's a pretty big headwind for world economic growth. Why did they fall? Not because of us. It's not us, us meaning the U.S. It's the rest of the world. And I talked about that yesterday, that emerging markets were cut, their IMF cut their growth expectations almost in half. Well, this is reflected in this Chinese redu- you know, uh, fall in exports. It's, you can see it. So this is global economic headwinds that are being uh, uh, talked about now. But does it mean we're going to go into recession? Well, that's another talking point we're going to talk about. What does the recession look like for us? And Charles Schwab says the U.S. is in a cardboard box recession. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that in more detail because it's kind of important. Cardboard boxes are kind of a good indicator of 
a growing or shrinking economy. Because when you ship things and move things around, they are packaged in cardboard boxes, blister packages. So, you know, blisters, those plastic packages that you get so frustrated at because you can't open them up because it's so hard to. Uh, But those packages and the cardboard boxes are what things get shipped in. And when those sales go down, this is an issue of future economic slowdown. So we're going to talk about these things. But go, let's go ahead and grab another quick question first. 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Kulbir Singh. And uh, I'm trying to find out uh, about Target. It dropped quite a bit. Uh, is it time I could buy? In your view, is it good time to buy? I appreciate your help, sir. Thank well, you. Bye-bye. Target, TGT is a symbol. $61 billion company is going to make $8.29 this year. That's up 38%. $10.32 next year. The forward PE is like 15, and the range is 12 to 28. Return equity is very good at 23. Uh, they, they do have some debt, but nothing that's not manageable. Uh, mutual funds have been about 10% sold off in the last year. Why, why is Target falling so hard? It's all about, you know, they're having the same thing, a problem as Bud Light. They're having a backlash, backlash of rebellion of uh, uh, customers. What's I don't understand these companies, why they are uh, not kowtowing to their basic customer as opposed to trying to get customers that are not their bread and butter. And the customers, you know, and I'm talking about the QBGLIN, whatever those, you know, whatever those symbols are that, you know, I'm not saying that they don't have rights and all that other stuff. They do. I'm talking about a company who's alienated, alienated their customers, and that's why Target is falling. You're alienating your basic customer base. Why? Why you shouldn't be doing that? So I'm, I, I, I would be worried about owning it. Okay, we're this is the best talk, everybody. Um, we're gonna be coming right back. I'm Steve Pease. I'm ready to take your questions live. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication, and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R 
one.com hackerone.com you've got a portfolio to grow and protect so get your finance and investment questions together and call steve peasley and justin klein they're ready with their unbiased answers invest talk 888-99-CHART hi steve and justin good day Long-time caller here from the Midwest, and love your show. Thank you for everything with that. I have a question on a stock I've been monitoring here. Uh, I believe the ticker symbol is TXN. It's Texas Instruments. I'm wondering now with you know all the AI stuff, if that'd be maybe a good move um, in technology or and just a good stock in general. I notice it's always been um, kind of a I don't know if you call it under the cloud stock or something where it never gets overvalued, I guess. I don't know if it is right now. It's had a recent pullback of some, and it's just starting to go up again slightly. I see um, by reports that it pays a growing dividend and has for quite some time, and it also returns a lot of cash to shareholders by a stock buybacks and other ways. It's supposed to be a very good stock and uh, returning monies back to shareholders and so forth. So I'm just wondering if this would be something that would be good to maybe purchase now or at least have on my radar for something here in the near future. It seems to be more of the one of the undervalued ones than some of the hyped-up ones like NVIDIA and stuff like that, I guess, right now where the price is really high. Please give me your thoughts and considerations, what you think of this stock. Look forward to hearing it on the show. Have a good day. Yeah, NVIDIA is all about uh, AI, artificial intelligence, and Texas Instrument is not in that area, and that's probably why they're not yeah, you know, acting so wonderful as like NVIDIA is and some of the other big tech companies. Texas Instruments, TXN is a symbol, manufactures analog ICS embedded processors and uh, personal electronics devices and so that kind of thing. It's a big company, $156 billion company. Uh, it's going to make $7.48 this year after making $9.41 last year. So it's gone down. Next year, it's going to come back a little bit, $8.10. Sales have shrunk in the last two quarters. Uh, and that's why it's not acting very well. Um, and it's not cheap. But Ford PE is 22 and not growing very much. You know, uh, before the recent two quarters, it was growing in the low teens sales-wise. It's sales but it's got great return on equity, sixty three cents. So yes, a very good return on equity. So the return to you, the shareholder, has been very nice. It pays a two point nine percent dividend. I wish that was higher. Um, you would think it would be being a hundred fifty six billion dollar company with steady cash flow and ten dollars seventy four cents per share cash flow. That's pretty good. Um, management owns 1%. Mutual funds are been holding on to it and buying it slowly. So they kind of like it at this price. Me, it's just not exciting enough. I don't see anything that would spark it to make me feel great about buying it. I just, just not, it's not my cup of tea. Don't have a lot, don't have a lot of that. Very well run company. Don't, don't think I think it's a bad company. It's not. I just don't think it's cheap enough for me to jump in. Uh, Maybe in when it gets to 140, 150 area, it's at $172 a share now. I would be more interested in it, but not where it is. <clears throat> just not. 
Okay, Charles Schwab says U.S. is in a a cardboard box recession, and it could warn uh, of a sharp drop in inflation because of it. Well, because they think the cardboard box industry is a leading indicator and the economy is going to slow. They think by the end of the year, inflation is going to be very modest, much more modest than I've been predicting. Now, just so you know, the PMI number includes prices for cardboard boxes. So that's showing, uh, uh, it has showed, the PMI has showed a pretty good drop in inflation. And Charles Schwab thinks that's going to continue and get much better. And if that's so, the Fed is closer to not to lowering interest rates, not raising them, but lowering them. And I've told you, was yesterday and the day before, that I think that the Fed is getting close. I think we might get one more quarter point rise, maybe two. But by next year, they'll be lowering interest rates. By the end of this year, I think they might lower interest rates because inflation should be much less, a little bit more under control. But I think inflation is going to stay kind of on the high side. And one of the reasons is because Saudi Arabia is going to continue to shrink. Remember, they're going to reduce their uh, production of oil by a million barrels a day. Why we are subject to them when we don't need to is another whole political issue. But, you know, we don't, uh, but they probably will lower. They want the price of oil to be higher than $73 where it is today. They want to be closer to 100 bucks. They want to make money. Don't we all? Well, if they continue to do that, that's you can rise them. If they were able to raise the price of oil to $100 a barrel, that's inflationary. So it's the opposite of what Schwab is saying. Can they do that, though? Can they, meaning the uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, OPEC. Remember, Saudi Arabia is the largest producer in OPEC, so, you know. And, of course, we don't know. Can they? Well, they can stop producing oil, but that also, you know, in one sense, it hurts them because they need the money. They need the money badly. It's a very interesting, complex puzzle out there, everybody. It just is, and it's going to remain that way, complex. Justin Klein have been telling you for a while now, we are in a market environment that's pretty different than it was in years past. Interest rates specifically have been rising the last year. And when they fall, uh, will we return back to the market we had before? I don't think so. Why? Because I think COVID has changed our outlook as far as how we see the world economic supply chain. I think that's a permanent change, and it's going to take years and years and years. But it's a change that's different than it was before. So we got to recognize that. You know, you got to really recognize what interest rates direction we are faced with. And how does that impact our investments? It's very, very profound, everybody. Very profound. So how do you deal with that? If you can't deal with it or you have trouble dealing with it, well, that's what KPP is all about. Maybe we can help you. We're in Orange County, South Orange County, which is between San Diego and L.A. counties. Uh, We're in Irvine, California, which is in South Orange County, California. Um, And we are a little bit different. At KPP Financial, we operate with 
a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and we implement that by providing unbiased guidance by and what we call parallel investing, meaning we buy and sell the same things for ourselves we do for our clients, the same price, same time, same percentages, so that we're all in the, on the same side of the table, the investment table. We all are on the same side. Now, we have different programs with different risk, risk levels, depending on where you are in your life, but we are in, I am in, personally in every one of those programs with my money. So... Uh, we will provide a free portfolio review assessment. We also look at your risk tolerance and the risks of uh, risk that you're taking in your portfolio to try to see if they match up. If not, we will tell you they don't. We can do that via telephone, Skype, go to a meeting, wherever you want to do it. We'll be happy to do it. So you can call our KP, KPP financial offices in Irvine, California, and I think you'll find us a little bit different. And we really do wish to help people. We do. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of money managers do want to do that. So we're not unique in that sense. But uh, we are. We put our money where our mouth is. This is Invest Talk, everybody. We have now received fifty-three million downloads. Uh, we achieved fifty-three million million downloads, and we appreciate that. And we thank you very much. So we will continue to do so. The work will continue. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be back. So hang on with the next question. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download. Your participation makes it unique. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. My name is David from Portland. I love the show. You guys do an invaluable service. And Steve, you are definitely my favorite. No offense, but Justin's great too. I love the show. I was listening to it last night. Uh, I wanted your take on Bank of America stock. BAC. I just bought it at like $27 and some change. I was really curious to see what your take is on bank stocks in general right now in this rising rate environment. The banks don't want to loan money long term because they think there's going to be a recession and so interest rates are going to be lower, but I don't see that happening because we need to keep rates normal at about 5 or 6% because 1% rates aren't normal. So it's really a confusing time right now. Uh, if you could shed some light on that, if you think Bank of America stocks a decent pickup right now, I'm just going to kind of keep it for more of a shorter-term play. I think it's going to go up for the next few weeks or months. And Love your take on Bank of America stock and interest rates and maybe the yield curve. Thank you. Hope I didn't throw too much out there. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Love the show. Well, I do think the bigger banks like Bank of America, which is $234 billion in size, are the place to be if you're going to want to invest in some banks. And Bank of America is pretty pretty inexpensive right now. Their forward PE is 8 and the range, five-year range, is 6 to 21, so it's not at the lower range. A 10% return on equity is not that high, but it's decent. 
Uh, they don't have a lot of debt. Their earnings are going to go up to three forty-two this year, and pretty much stay the same for next year. Three dollars and forty-two cents a share, but it's a twenty-nine dollar stock. So, and it pays a three percent dividend. Sales growth has been pretty strong. My biggest worry is the small and mid-sized banks, which have a lot of exposure to commercial real estate, and that's my biggest fear: is commercial real estate, not any other loans. Commercial real estate loans are the issue that bothers me the most uh, because of people working from home and office buildings being pretty empty and the loans have to be refinanced much more frequently than like a 30-year mortgage loan. So there's where my fear is, but the bigger banks don't have the exposure or the danger to the exposure as do small and mid-sized banks. I think we're going to see more small and mid-sized banks get hurt um, financially. But the big banks will, will you know, blow right through it. They will be fine. So I'm okay with it buying at this range because, you know, it was a $50 stock not that long ago. $50 in 2022, $48 in a share in 2021. Uh, and being, you know, that's when they made a lot less money. So I kind of like it at this place, $29.48 a share. I think it's a good buy, you know, to have, if you want a bank exposure, I kind of like it. And I and again, I tell people, stay away from the smaller and mid-side banks. If you're going to buy a bank, buy a big one like this one. It's much safer. Okay, let's make things, keep it moving along, and we'll make it two in a row. So here's a call that came in at 888-99-CHART. Hello, would like to get your opinion on a REIT. The ticker symbol is L-A-N-D. The company is Gladstone Land. Thank you. Gladstone Land is a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust. And remember, they are, they, they are in the real estate business, and they have to pay 90% of their income out in the form of a dividend to investors to be qualified as a REIT. This one owns 169 farms leased to 89 separate corporate and independent farm tenants in Arizona, California, Florida, Michigan, and New Nebraska. It's very small. That's what i concerned with. And they don't make money. They didn't make any money, and they're not going to make money this year anyways. They're going to lose 49 cents a share. Last year, they made 73 cents a share. Next year, they're going to make 4% cents a share. And, you know, it's a $17 stock. So how much are they going to pay you in a dividend? It's certainly going to, the yield ain't going to be 3.2% like it has in the past because they're not making money this year. And next year, they're only going to make $0.04. Cents. So they're not going to be able to achieve that 3.2% dividend. I don't like it. It doesn't pay. It's not big. It's only a $620 million company. It's too small. It's not going to be able to maintain its dividend like the level that you are. It's still growing its sales, which is nice. Sales have gone down from growing in the mid-20s to now only 9% and 6% in the recent two quarters. Uh, it's not something for me, even though they bounced really nice this week. Uh, it's not for me. It's, too, it's not strong enough. Okay, you need it to be stronger. You, if you're going to buy a REIT, you want it to be a bigger REIT, just like the bigger banks. You want it to be able to maintain its sales, its earnings and sales. That you know they don't want it, You don't want it to fluctuate like this one is. It's just not healthy. It's not a healthy REIT. 
uh, I'd stay away from it. Even though they don't have a lot of debt, they do have some, but they don't have, REITs always have debt. That's not really the worry on this. Management owns 7%, which is good. But the worry is, why are you losing 49 cents a share this year? Why is that? You haven't, that's the first time you've lost money in 10 years. Why? I would find out why before I would consider this. I wouldn't consider it at all. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, as you know, and it always is the same to help you achieve financial freedom, and that's what we all want, isn't it? To be free to make decisions, to be free to decide whether we want to retire, retire or continue working. Right? So the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in. 888 99Chart. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Steve from Pennsylvania. Um, love the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm calling about American Financial Group, AFG. I've got a small position, less than 1%, and I am trying to decide whether to expand that and um, comparing it to Old Republic, which I know you've you've recommended in the past and I think own or have owned for clients. Uh, the numbers are actually very similar. Old Republic has a, has a big title insurance portion of their business, which AFG doesn't. They've got about twice the dividends. Other than that, you know, free cash flow, return on capital, um, everything that I'm looking at seems pretty similar, even their their Q1 reports. So I, I guess, and technically, though, they're very different. The charts look very different. And AFG, the, just the chart, to me, um, I'd be curious on your take, but to me, the chart looks terrible. But I uh, think AFG has a slight edge in the, the metrics, if not the, the dividend. And I was wondering what you think uh, of these two companies and if uh, you would double down in AFG. Thank you. AFG, American Financial Group, uh, offers property and casualty insurance, including uh, inland um and ocean marine and agriculture-related coverages. And you're right. Uh, it does have a little edge on the financials over Old Republic, even though I like Old Republic, as you know. Um, I, I like the sales growth. It's about 10%. The most recent couple of quarters before that, it was 13 and then 1 and then 5. You know, So it's a slow-growth company. It's a $10 billion company, so it's big. Pays a 2.1% dividend. Cash flow is $12.83. It's going to make $12.40 next year. The forward PE is like uh, 10. Current PE is 11. The five-year range of PE is 5 to 16, so don't think it's cheap. It's not necessarily cheap. Management owns 15% of this company, which is a big ownership position for them. So they are pretty focused. The chart does look worse than Old Republic. Old Republic's held up very well. Um, I see it pays a 2.1% dividend. I see nothing wrong with adding a full position. A full position for me would be about 3% of your portfolio. Because the company is fairly strong, it's not going to ever be exciting you're going to, you know, it's just going to continue to grow slowly as it has. And the price will eventually reflect that in, in the price appreciation. Meanwhile, you got to live on that 2.7, 2.1% dividend. Old Republic 
is a seven and a half billion dollar seven billion seven and a half billion dollar company, and it pays a three point eight percent dividend. But its sales growth has shrinking as opposed to uh, AFG's is growing. So AFG has a better uh, a better outlook, uh, better better numbers. But um, Old Republic has been held up pretty well. Uh, hasn't done, hasn't gone up in value, but while you're waiting, you're getting a little bit better return on equity. So, Old Republic debt is, is let's see, let's compare the debt, AFG. Let me go back to AFG. Uh, well, they're both about the same. Nothing there. Anyways, I think both companies are good, and AFG, uh, American Financial Group, has an edge on growth. That's better in growthing, so I like that. Okay, what happens in a recession, everybody? I know you know that the definition of recession is two quarters in a row where GDP, gross domestic product, shrinks, okay? But what does that mean? Well, it really means that the consumer and business spending is contracting, that in a slight recession, you will lose about 2 million jobs, and a deeper recession will lose 3 to 4 million jobs, Okay, and right now we haven't lost any. We're still growing jobs. Okay, uh, so also housing prices usually decline, and we have had declining housing prices, but not not tremendously. And some places they've actually gone up, and it's very unusual. Also, in a recession, a recession will last a few months to several years. And many experts think by the end of 2023, we'll be in a recession. So, we'll see. I don't know. You know I think we will too, but I'm losing, my, I'm losing a little faith in my own judgment there. So, we may not. It's very difficult. We're in a very difficult environment. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. And, of course, you can get it, the download, that is, from iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you do get it from, if you download through iTunes, please rate and review us. We would appreciate that. And remember to follow us on InvestTalk. Invest Talk with two T's. Invest Talk, no space. You can do uh, follow us on our social media, and if you would please like and tag us, that helps us a great deal. Independent thinking, shared success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461.